Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. In this episode, I speak to the chairs of two of our staff networks about why we have them, why staff should join them and the changes they're hoping the networks will affect. Um, hi, I'm Chioma. I'm a community podiatrist. I'm also the Diverse Heritage BME Chair for the Trust. Hello, I'm Diane Varney and I'm the Governance and Quality Lead for Children's Specialist Services, so um, SOX as we like to call that. I'm also the Network Chair for the Diverse Abilities Network. We've got our three staff networks, Diverse Abilities, Diverse Heritage and LGBTQ+. Shirma, let's start with you then. So you're the chair of the Diverse Heritage Network. So tell me a bit about that staff network. We usually meet up bi-monthly, which is a group of people to support the staff, making sure everyone is feeling included, supported, um, welcomed in this trust. Um, It's not just issues. It could be complementing each other. It could be opening up minds to ideas and possibilities of growth in the trust. And also it could be things like telling them about things that are available to them, resources and people bringing their concerns. Now we've started doing something a little bit about learning culture and appreciating each other's culture, appreciating each other in the trust. And I think it's something that is all blanket of inclusion, isn't it? It's kind of everybody feels included and accepted. So it's a meeting that encourages that. It's not somewhere where we all come and moan about bad things. It's more about um, trying to make sure that everybody in the trust is supported. Brilliant. And how many people do you have in your network? We kind of range from about 25, 20, sometimes 15. That's really good. That's good numbers. If someone um, was thinking they're interested in joining, but they're, you know, maybe a bit too busy, what's the main benefits that you've got out of being part of that network then? It's fantastic to be be part of something. Sometimes it's easier just to sit on the sideline and say, oh, this isn't right. This isn't happening. Nobody's listening to me. I can't get the promotion. I can do this. But I think when you're part of something, you make the effort. You feel as if you're part of this community belonging, a sense of belonging, isn't it? So I saw somebody down the corridor. I went, oh, I saw you at the meeting. Hello. And it's really nice because you don't really do that normally. There's this thing about going to the meetings or preparing for a meeting that you just feel you're doing something to implement change or to implement inclusiveness. And that is what we want to achieve here. Diane, you were saying, you know, you're obviously new to the Diverse Abilities Network. So you're the chair now, aren't you? And, and this is this is new network completely for the trust, isn't it? It is, yeah. We've not had a diverse abilities network previously in the trust. I have lots of hopes and aspirations for the diverse abilities network. I think for me, um, staff network, they're early indications of um, the organisation for both positivity, but also inequalities as well. And then how we can try and shape the future, how we can make some of those changes coming together. So I see the Diverse Abilities Network as a being a, a safe place to, with seeking like-minded individuals that can have a real impact and move towards transformation of practices. And I think that's where I'd like to see that, a, a shared purpose, you know, to act as peers based on trust and respect. 
just a place where we, we can share, we will all share different aspects of our diverse abilities and where we can be inspired, where we feel good and we can build energy that will bring that motivation to move forward. Just by definition, I suppose the staff networks must just be a very safe space. You must have to be very open, very honest and kind of ensure that people are willing to share because, you know, otherwise, if it's not a safe space, no one's going to want to come and, and share. So how can you kind of foster that feeling that it is somewhere you can share, that it's a safe community to be a part of? I think um, by being open and honest myself as a chair and being altruistic, being me and um, bringing who I am to the network will hopefully encourage others to also bring themselves in a, in a safe place. It has taken a few meetings to get people to come out of the shell. But I think as you keep on with them, you kind of draw more people in and you draw more conversations. And at first, it's never easy to get people to say, oh, just air your views to somebody who they hardly know. <laughs> Some of them, are, you know, I'm in a meeting where there's loads of people. You never know who is who. So it's... It's just as, as the conversation starts flowing eventually uh, after a few meetings, it took us. Can anybody join? You know, if, I, if I'm not from a diverse heritage or I don't have a diverse ability, can I come to the network and, and just show my support as an ally? Absolutely. 100%. I think as a society, we're extremely diverse in either our heritage, our abilities. You know, we're all diverse. So, yes, as I think we just need as much cross-section as we can, really. Though the Diverse Abilities Network is very new, I would like to create a sense of community that can translate into systemic change. What kind of change are you hoping to see? There are a lot of diverse abilities, but there are also a lot of hidden disabilities. Like for me, I am dyslexic, although mildly dyslexic, I am dyslexic. And sometimes it will take me a lot longer to organise my thought processes. But that's something that not everyone would see necessarily. So they might just think, gosh, she's taken a long time to get to that conclusion. But in actual fact, I'm actually working through it in my mind. So I think giving people additional time, and I, I don't particularly need to wear a, um, you know, a sunflower lanyard. If I want to, I could. And obviously they give a visual for people to say, well, actually, this person does have a hidden disability. So what do I want to come from the network? I think it's about understanding the lived experiences of our staff and the impact that that has on them on a day to day basis and how everyone can give each other space to think as a pace that suits them. In order to do that, there's quite a lot of reliance placed on the individual to say that in the first instance that they would need help or support. And actually, that's kind of what we want to move away from, isn't it? That people should have to put their hands up and say, I need a little bit extra time or I need a bit extra support. What we should just be doing is remembering that not everybody is the same and sort of doing that anyway. Just being mindful that somebody might need that without them needing to say it. I suppose. Exactly. Yes, very much so. And I think it's um, much easier to see physical diverse abilities than it is to see those hidden diverse abilities. It's not necessarily easier to live with them. Absolutely not. 
but we can see them. We can, oh, well, actually, they might need me to just open the door a little bit for them, or it's those kinds of things. But it's about providing maybe a bit of space and not expecting an immediate answer for, for some. And that will translate to our patients as well. Oh, absolutely will. And I think even just, just using phrases like, is there anything else you need? Or, you know, can I offer you any further support? I think also it's like as you said, it's hidden. Some people are really ashamed of what their their differences are. They're not very comfortable. I think it's something you don't see, and then you don't really understand. Um, or sometimes we're not we're just not educated in. We don't really know. Some people have said that they are something, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't really know what that means. But it's it takes a lot of you know uh, confidence to to open up about these hidden disabilities, and I think. It's important as a trust that we are telling them there's a safe place where they can be open and we'll find structural ways to support their abilities, regardless of what it is, and make them Absolutely. more comfortable in this working place. So I think it's important, it's really important, this network to, to start off, because so many people could actually be falling to the diverse heritage and diverse ability. They could be a bit of both, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. important to share that you could be part of all three if you want to be, knowing that you can be open here, you can be safe here. This is a place where things should be lift uplifting and making you feel important and valued rather than not sharing who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, and flip it on its head as well. We we are the NHS, we work for the NHS and, and very much a medical model. So something's wrong, let's fix it. And we don't need to fix it. We just need to think differently. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.